right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Well, growing in Jesus and experiencing that growth really comes down to the little choices that we make every day, the real slice-of-life moments. Those slice-of-life moments show us what we're made of, and we would love to hear from you what it looks like that you're growing in Jesus in a real, you know, practical way. 800-968-8930. 800-968-8930. What growing is looking like for you? Here's Gabby. First of all, I want to say thank you so much to Moody. It's really changed the way I think about a lot of things and just allowed me to really grow my faith. So I thank you for that. But first off, I just, for the main thing was, um, I feel like I've grown a lot in my understanding of sanctification. Uh, when I got saved six years ago, it was like, okay, like all that bad stuff, yeah, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> but really seeing that it wasn't just like the outward things, but just how much God really cared about my heart and that that was where everything starts is it's before it's the action, it's the thought and it's the intentions of my heart and that really understanding the word and how I can actually walk that out, not just memorizing memory verses and just kind of, oh, yeah, I know that verse, but how does that apply to my life? And what is the Lord speaking to me about this? And things that I noticed about myself, like one example is um, I live with some girls from my church and I just got really, I noticed I was getting really like short with people and getting really short with them just for no reason. I was just like, okay, Lord, this, <laughs> I know this needs to change. And I was just praying to them. I'm like, Lord, I just pray. And I started praying for them. Like, and I really started to see God's heart for them. And not only just with that, but also just when I hear about, you know, like bombings or different things, like, you know, the horrible things that are going on in the world. It's not just, I think, okay, these are good people and bad people, but really seeing that, you know, we're all fallen and that, you know, who knows what might have taken place in that person's life that caused them to do these things and really praying, having a heart for them and praying for them. Like even the people that are doing these bad, horrible things and really having heart for them and having God's heart for them. It is amazing how, when you start praying about what you're struggling with, maybe in a relationship or, or just feeling overwhelmed, like, like in, in Gabby's case with the news that you start praying and praying does change us. It changes our heart. It changes the way we look at things, our posture. And that's the whole, you know, she referred to sanctification, but that's the whole journey of sanctification is being changed, right? Being more like Jesus. And when we pray, we invite his thoughts and his ways into our own mind and into our own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And like she said, thoughts become your behaviors. And so we want to live the life like Jesus lived. I think it starts with being in prayer with him and and letting his thoughts permeate our own. Yeah. Well, this journey with Jesus is about growing more and more and more like him. And it happens in real life, real time. We love to hear your slice of life story about it what it's looking like for you to grow in Jesus. 800-968-8930, 800-968-8930. And Ebony, go ahead. I was calling because I like to say that I'm not this ravaging, angry person that I used to be. I have a lot more peace 
with God. I have a lot more peace with my life. And the majority of it is due to God just really humbling me throughout life's experiences. I have to be extremely sensitive to the Holy Spirit now. So, Ebony, what used to make you angry? When uh, maybe loved ones or special friends have wronged me or I felt like they wronged me. Just hurt from other people. Life not going as planned. But I have a lot more peace now because I know that, number one, who am I to feel like I have to walk around with a chip on my shoulder and let everybody know that I'm angry at them? And then, number two, life can be so much worse. And God has shown me that through my own personal experiences, but through his mercy and his grace, he's brought me through those things. And I just really thank God for that. Have people told you that they see the change in you? A lot of people have. (laughs) I didn't know I used to be an angry person. And my friends and my close family members told me, they would say things like, we used to always say, whatever you do, don't make Ed mad, because once you get mad, it's too hard to calm her down. And I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know I was labeled that in the family. <laughs> Especially people who I truly, truly loved and respected their opinion of, my, of me. When they would tell me those things, I had to stop and just really do some introspection of myself. I had to be willing to first be honest and say, I had to first be able to receive that from other people and then just be honest with myself and say, you know what, you are like that. You know, like I said, through God's, through his kindness and, you know, taking me through things, I've really come a long way. We're talking about habits for growth this week. You can call them practices. You can call them spiritual disciplines. That's probably like the least favorite term, right? I don't know. I geek out on disciplines, so that one gets me excited. But whatever it is, we're talking about those things that we do regularly that help us to grow spiritually. And when I hear the word spiritual disciplines, some things that might come to mind for you are like fasting or prayer or Bible study. But I am guessing you probably don't think of obedience on that list, but I have found that choosing to obey is a huge catalyst for spiritual growth because knowing what pleases God and actually doing what pleases God are not the one and the same. So while we need to speak up and share the truth, a witness that is lived may be even more powerful than one that's spoken. And it's not just what you and I say but who we are that catches the attention of the people around us that Mm -hmm. we're doing life with. And they go, that's different. Needs to be both and. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Congruency. live. Absolutely. live. Absolutely. Speak, live. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) One more time. Speak, live. (laughs) You're reminding me of somebody, but I don't know who it is. It's like a character of sorts. I have hand motions too. That's what's cracking it up. You do. And I feel like my the hand motions thing, I feel like... I'm rubbing off on you that way. You're much more demonstrative lately when yeah. you speak, and I feel like it's a little Shauna rubbing off on you. All comes back to Shauna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the bit. <laughs> Missionary Elizabeth Elliot and her brother Thomas were taught in their home that when you're done playing, you pick up your toys before you move on to what's next. I mean, they knew that they knew that they knew this is how it's supposed to go down. And one day Thomas, Elizabeth's brother, was playing, and he realized it was time for his music lesson and he needed to play hymns. That's what he played for his music lesson. But he didn't pick up his toys. And mom came in and she saw toys all over the place and she saw Thomas playing the piano. She's like, Thomas, 
You know you're supposed to pick up your toys when you're done. And he replied, but I'm singing praises to God, mom. To which mom replied, there is no reason in singing praises to God when you're being disobedient. She actually said, dude, you were supposed to pick up your toys. I like her answer better. There is no reason singing praises to God when you're being disobedient. But but obedience is hard. It's a challenge. John 14, 23, Jesus said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. I think it's really important and I need to get in the habit of this more myself is when I hear a message, when I, you know, read the word, when I study the word, when I meditate on the word, you know, I need to ask myself the question, how can I put this into practice? What's one way that I can obey this? My way of doing that, my, you know, how I translate that is, okay, what is God saying to me? Identify that. And then what am I going to do about it? Because the what I'm gonna what am I gonna do about it sometimes gets missed. You know, we celebrate the revelation, <laughs> the understanding, like, ah, oh, I didn't see that that way before. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. But where the rubber meets the road is okay, so you got something good. What are you gonna do about it? That's, that's, it. that's obedience. And deciding to obey will highlight your need for God. I am telling you from experience right now, because I meet with a group of women and last week my prayer request was, guys, can you just help me to be obedient? And because I just I felt like there were times when I kind of stood at a fork in the road and I had a choice to make whether I was going to do what felt right and good to me and what I wanted to do, basically, or do what is the God way, the Jesus way of living? And so it's like, can you guys pray for me that I'll choose to be obedient and do what God's calling me to do? I love that you asked for prayer. I needed it. Mm-hmm. And I knew my friends would be there for me. You need it, man. <laughs> <laughs> pray for me, Barry. I need it. No, but it's it was amazing to me because I felt the strength of their prayer throughout the week. There were so many times where maybe on a normal week I would that whole experience would happen, the fork in the road, I make a choice, you know, and I wouldn't even be aware of it. But as people were praying for me, it's like, instead of coming to the knowledge of it afterwards, I could get to the fork in the road and go, oh my goodness, I need to choose to obey. And and I would pray at that moment and ask God, help me to do the right thing right now. Help me to choose what honors you instead of doing just what feels good to me or, you know, what I think is right and good. So deciding to obey drove me to prayer and my need for God. And I think that that will work for all of us. So if you want to grow spiritually, commit to obeying God. When you do, who you are will catch the attention of the people around you and point them to God. When you feel unable to do something, you're overwhelmed and you feel you're way in over your head and you just can't live the Jesus way, pray. Pray. So there's this guy named Hadi, and he's a Muslim background believer in Jesus, and he gave his heart to Jesus in an Islamic country, and he got thrown in jail, and he was just really angry with God. Of course, he was afraid, and he's, you know, like saying, God, why did you let me be thrown in prison? And then he realized, well, I am in an Islamic country, and Jesus did say, you know, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. They're going to persecute you. But he ends up getting thrown in this cell with 12 Islamic extremists, including Tarek, 
a convicted murderer. So he's really afraid, he's angry with God, and he starts to pray. He starts to pray, and he, he feels this courage welling up within him. Mm. And as he prays, this courage is welling up within him, and he starts to sing. And he's singing in this cell with 12 extremists, including Tarek. And Tarek says, why do you sing? And so he, he shared with Tarek the awesome love of God, and, and Tarek said, I, I just feel this warmth in my chest. I feel like all the anger of my violent life melting away, and, and tell me more. And so he, he told him more, and, and Tarek, right there in the cell, gave his life over to Jesus. That's awesome. So just prayer. You know, we need to ask the Lord for help because this change thing— you know, we just, we can't manufacture this change. It's inside out. Right. It's a power on the inside. Yeah. Well, you and me growing in Jesus, going deeper in Jesus, it's a slow, steady process. Sometimes it's two steps back and hopefully three steps forward. But I got to admit, sometimes it's two steps forward and three steps back, but Jesus is growing us and would love to hear what growing in Jesus is looking like for you. Call or text 800-968-8930, 800-968-8930. As you call, we have our own Chris Fabry of Chris Fabry Live. This happened to me the other day at the tire store. And it was a, a fellow who said something to me as we were standing outside. It was my daughter's car and I wanted to fix this thing. And, and I, I had this altercation with a fellow who said something so demeaning and so mean spirited. And so uh, it was just ugly. It was just an ugly thing. And I looked at him. I didn't, I didn't say another word to him after that. I just simply looked at him and he responded and continued to say these ugly things. And then, you know, I kind of walked away and met somebody else and then went inside, got helped. It wasn't until about a half hour later that I was sitting at, at a coffee shop waiting for the thing to get fixed that I thought I didn't try to get revenge on him. And that was my first response. What were the snappy things that I could say in response to him to put him in his place? But I didn't say that. And part of it was I couldn't think of anything, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. But then I thought, you know what? I wonder what was going on in his heart, in his life, that brought him to the place that he would say that thing to me. And it wasn't until that, it was 30 minutes later, that I started thinking, oh, God, but by your grace, I am him. And then thinking of my own life and saying, you know, I've, I've said that kind of, I've said the same thing that he said to me, not exactly to the people that I love. And I've treated them the same way that he treated me. And that's not, I mean, took me a half hour. I saw myself and I cannot do that. That is God's spirit at work revealing what's deep down. And that's not because I'm such a great person. It's just that's that's the business that God's in. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? I am so glad mm. that the Holy Spirit is working in me and then I'm not who I was. And, you know, I've had experiences like Chris 
and they do sneak up on you and you realize, whoa, did I just respond like that? I can't believe it. Thank you, Lord. You know, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, 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 where you responded in a way that reflected his glory. And, in you know, I think for Chris, it was just having the ability to first just hold his tongue. Yeah. You know, and not say yeah. the thing that you want to say when somebody kind of pushes your buttons. You know, there's an automatic response to that. And there is a grace in being able to just hold your tongue. Yeah. Uh, James says, be quick to listen, mm-hmm. slow to speak, slow to become angry. And the Holy Spirit helped him do that in right. that moment. Right. Yeah. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice to obey what God has called us to do. In October 2006, a gunman named Charles Roberts entered into an Amish one-room schoolhouse in Pennsylvania and shot 10 girls, killing five. And then he took his own life. It's a story that's become just way too familiar to us. A dark-hearted person goes on a killing rampage, taking the life of those who were where they were supposed to be, doing what they were supposed to do. But what made this story stand out from the others is the way the Amish community extended forgiveness to Charles Roberts' family. One of the first members of the community to reach out to the Roberts family within hours of the shooting was Henry Stoltzfus, a board member of the three Amish schools in the area, and he was also their neighbor. And when Mr. Stoltzfus came to visit, Chuck Roberts, the shooter's father, was slumped over at the breakfast bar in their home and he was sobbing uncontrollably. And Mr. Stolfus arrived, dressed in his formal visiting attire, and he immediately walked over to Chuck, placed his hand on him, and said, Roberts, we love you. This was not your doing. You must not blame yourself. And Terry Roberts, the mother of the shooter, said that she was amazed by the grace and forgiveness extended to her family by the Amish people and her community even the parents of the victims. As her neighbors reached out to her, she just kept coming back to Ephesians 4.32, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's it. And these, these people, this community that came around them, chose to ignore their natural inclination in order to respond as they knew that God would want them to respond. So because of their faith in God, They knew that only forgiveness could heal the families and their community. Retaliation wasn't going to make matters, you know, any better. It was going to make things worse. So chastising the shooter's family, their neighbors would solve absolutely nothing. Only forgiveness followed by compassion would heal and restore. And so they chose to obey. They chose to forgive. Hard, hard choice. Yeah, I know. And I think it's just so important to remember that Forgiveness is not a feeling. There's no way, especially in the those hours immediately after finding out what had happened, that they could have felt like forgiving. But forgiveness is not a feeling. You know, many people are under the false impression that in order to forgive, I got to feel like forgiving. But forgiveness is a choice to obey the commands of Scripture. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That is the Ephesians 4.32 verse. And when we forgive, we actually choose to give up the right to punish the person who hurt us. We choose to no longer, you know, hold on to what they did or rehearse it over and over in our mind, you know, causing the offense to happen to us again and again and again. We choose to actually relinquish any right to retaliate 
and we choose to forgive. And it's a choice. It's a day. It's a daily choice. It's not. It's not. You do it one time, but you you probably do it many 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 times. And this also applies to self forgiveness. If you're yeah. one who tends to beat up yourself with regrets about what you've done, and I've been there many times, and you know it's a choice to forgive the other or yourself because Christ has forgiven. It, it's, it just flows out of what Jesus has done for us. And, you know, Father, forgive. They do not know what they're doing. And even if they do know what they're doing, Father, forgive. I think here's what the, the thing with the feelings is and how they can be so, like our feelings can be so controlling and demanding in our lives, right? But it's, we can come into the presence of God being completely honest about how we feel in the moment, not trying to pretend like we're not or like, well, I'm going to just do the right thing here. I'm going to kind of pull myself up by my own bootstraps and muster up the right motion or the right behavior. But it's like genuinely saying to God, I am so struggling and this is how my heart is feeling and this is how it's aching right now. And yeah, I want to get revenge. Yeah, I feel this, that, and the other. It's being completely honest, but saying in the face of what I'm feeling, I'm going to choose to do what you say is right and good. Like I'm going to trust you so much that instead of doing my thing here, I'm going to do your thing, believing Mm -hmm. that it's going to be better in the end. There are some Psalms where the psalmist is, is asking God to call down fire on his enemies. And, And I think that in part, these are psalms that are just expressing feelings mm-hmm. to God of how I really feel about what I want this person to experience. So I think that, you know, because it's in the psalms, it's okay to express those feelings of wanting to see vengeance on that person. And I think that that shows us a way toward forgiveness as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Not taking the vengeance, but saying this is real. I'm going to surrender it as real as it is, as powerful as it is, as much as there's a pull on my heart to act in it. I'm not going to. I'm going to choose to forgive. Thanks so much for listening. Questions or comments? Text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.